Hello, it is September 6th, 2022, and you're watching and listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome in, guys. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Huck Breeze. I'm joined here again by Scott Sheddick. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It is week of live football. We're almost yep. there. We, you know, opening week. So I'm really excited. How are you today? I mean, I'm great. Uh, I just got off a, a Labor Day weekend where I spent the last weekend with my family that they will probably see me for the next three or four months. You know, you got to get that weekend in on Labor Day weekend that, hey, babe, wife, fiance, girlfriend, whatever, let's get some family time in so that, you know, when football does come, uh, you, you, you can be away without consequence. So do you, do you get anything done over Labor Day weekend? Have any big events or or what? No, no big events, just kind of like yourself, just spending some quality time with my wife, you know, like, like you said, just making sure that they feel uh, she felt loved and got some attention before the football season, because after <laughs> that, it's going to be a little more rare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was very smart on your choice as well. Get that quality time in uh, before the season. So uh, you're not doing it on the uh, important NFL Sundays. It's already started. So like just drafts and podcasts and rankings and just generally staring at my lineups <laughs> in <laughs> it, you know i it, i've already been complained about and we haven't even had a meaningful snap on the season but anyway before we get into uh you know the the in-depth stuff for football let's talk about you know what are you watching we're gonna do this every week you know it is it is entertainment season so scott right now what are you watching uh, this past weekend, I was watching the U.S. Open a lot. Uh, Serena Williams had her final match. It was her final tournament that she played in. Uh, she played really well. She played in doubles with her sister, uh, Venus. They lost, unfortunately, and Serena played really well. She played. She beat the number two girl in the world, and then she lost to uh, Australian girl, Tominovich, that played really, really well. And Because yeah. like, the crowd was all rooting for Serena, obviously, so it was tough on the other uh, other uh, opponent, you know, because tennis crowds aren't usually that wild and that boisterous so like but everybody was kind of like really rooting for Serena so that that was that was a lot of fun to watch unfortunately she lost but she was you know she was up there in age and she hadn't really trained that that much lately but it was kind of great just to see her her last goodbye just because we'll never see you know another player like that she was I mean you know just absolutely amazing athlete and uh, uh, of course world-class tennis player of course yeah, I, I caught the end of that at the uh, sports bar up there in Dallas. And it was, I mean, it's a great tennis match. And everybody was behind Serena. I mean, she is uh, a sports star that's transcended, you know, just everything. I mean, I would not be a huge tennis fan or women's tennis fan if not for her. I mean, she's just somebody that really is generational. So, uh, yeah, I that, that, that was a good weekend uh weekend deal i i spent some time up there in dallas with uh max one of our league mates um you know we just shot the shit about our fantasy teams and you know drank drinks by the pool it was it was a fun time spent some time with family and uh 
And yeah, now we are absolutely ready. The next time uh, there's a football snap, it's going to be fantasy worthy. It's, I mean, somebody's going to get some points. That's, that's what's amazing. Um, as far as what I'm watching, Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I started. You've, this, the, you've uh, seen the, the, the Rings of Power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great start. It starts out like a little slow. Um, where you're like, well, what's going on? You really have to follow it pretty closely. This is not your run-of-the-mill Lord of the Rings where there's action or I don't want to say lovable characters, but th- I mean, you got like you know the hobbits and and lovable characters. This one's not quite like that. It is a drama. Um, it doesn't have that main Frodo. It doesn't have that main like whatever. It is a drama, uh, and and it, it's it's different. It's definitely different. I know there's a lot of people who are mad about, uh, you know, the the racial equality and it not being Tolkien's uh, vision. Yeah, but like, absolutely ridiculous. Tolkien be like, hey, we're there only white people, and I guess I mean the original version was a bit racist in general, but like, yeah, it didn't take away from the story. It did. I wasn't like, oh, well, now they put this person there, it's ruined. Like that's yeah. bullshit. Like it well, was. The, the other characters in there did a great job. Like, oh yeah, oh, for through the first two episodes, um, I, I I think it's amazing, and uh, the quality yeah. that they put behind this Lord of the Rings. I mean, they weren't going to, you know, skimp on it, but the quality that they put they put behind this Lord of the Rings is totally different from any other Amazon show that I've seen. Because a lot of the Amazon shows, um, as far as the action shows, are kind of low budget and they they just don't look good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the budget has a lot to do with that. Right, and and uh, with this Lord of the Rings, it it looks movie quality. I mean, it's it's actually really really good. Um, anything else you're watching right now before we get in some football? Oh, just the usual Bachelorette, you know, coming coming down to the wire. So I'm I'm pretty excited for tonight, second night in a row. Bachelorette, oh so. wow, wow! Well, we'll yeah. try to fit this in so you can you know get in with the wife and watch the Bachelorette. Uh, that's that's the idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get in some NFL news and notes here. Uh, Alan Lazard is hobbling, or I, I don't even know if hobbling is the right word. He is questionable to play, and it, it, he has an undisclosed injury. Injury is not practicing, um, and it's just he's he may or may not play. Do you think this is a big deal for Aaron Rodgers? Do you think this is a big deal going into Week One? Uh, you know, with their with their crazy wide receiver core that they're trying to uh, start the season with? I mean, I, I think it matters. Yes. Just because he's one of the only guys that's been there for a little bit, um, you know, him and Randall Cobb and stuff. So it's, and there's Amari Rogers, I guess too. It's just, I don't, I don't think it's like that important just because Lazard has been there for years and he's never been fantasy worthy or like, you know, like I, I don't know. We, we know his name just because everybody expects him to like at some point have an amazing season because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Yeah. But he hasn't yet. And he's been there for a while. So like, I just, I just don't think that this is the season that was like all of a sudden now that Devonte Adams gone, by the way, he's amazing. It's like, nah, he's probably as good as, as, as much as we know him for is as good as he's for, I'm guessing. Yep. Uh, Rodgers is going to make somebody an amazing wide receiver there. He really is. Um, so th- there's always a chance. I just, I just don't see 
Adam Lazard be, being the guy. So I don't think it's that that important right now. I know. I a hundred percent agree with that. I I think that he is going to make somebody amazing. They're going to have a wide receiver one, and I think that we're not the only people who realize that. And I'm not shitting on Lazard like by any means. I think that he is a good complimentary, uh, you know, mid-range wide receiver. But I don't see him as a 10-touchdown, 1,000-yard guy. And him being out week one does kind of worry me in a fantasy sense for who's going to step up. So let me ask you this question. If you had to rank... Just for week one, right now, one through five, actually one through six. They got about six receivers, six kind of, I guess, fancy relevant receivers. Mm-hmm. One through six, the Green Bay receivers. If you had to draft them in order, how would it go? Hmm. Uh, I guess... I guess I'd go Cobb first just because Rodgers knows him well and throw him every once in a while. Well, because the other starters are Lazard and Sammy Watkins. And we just talked about Lazard being pretty much forgettable other than the fact that people think that for some reason every year he's going to do really well. He's kind of a McCall Hardman. He's the McCall Hardman of the team. Like people always have faith, but like he always, he never shows up. Yes. Sammy Watkins is literally the time old version of that exact scenario. He's been doing it for like years longer. So there's two people that are just um, in soccer. When you practice, they have these little like cardboard cutout guys that you can do to like do set pieces and kick the ball over and you can practice. They're basically those guys out on the field. They're just, they just kind of go and they stand there and, you know, they look kind of tall and they're, they're a little, you know, they're, they're, they look a little mean, but they don't do jack shit. Right. So Lazard, Watkins, useless. Cobb, old. But Rodgers, you have to think about the quarterback. Rodgers is kind of like Brady, where he throws you the ball, and if you drop it once, that's it. He'll bench you himself right then and there. But if he likes you, he'll always look for you. He'll always like kind of trust you, this kind of thing. So it's like Rodgers trusts Cobb. That's why I want them first. Two, I'd go your man Dubes. He's been talking about him. Romeo Dubes, I think uh, there's going to be, like you said, there's going to be somebody that steps up week one. That Rogers is going to be like, yep. Timeout. Dubes is not the proper pronunciation, my friend. Oh no, is it Dobbs? It is Dobbs. Dobbs. Okay. okay. So the man is so shy that he, they called him Dubs four years at Nevada, and he never corrected anybody. But when asked. In the combine, after that, how do you pronounce his name? It is Dobbs. Kind of like D-A-H-B-S. It's the like Dobbs. Dobbs. So Dobbs. People have called him Dubs, but absolutely no one has called him Dubs. So anyway, anyway, continue, continue with your with your. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know. I always want to pronounce people's names correctly. Um, But I think Dobbs is number two, and honestly, he'd probably supplant Cobb at some point because Cobb's so old. So if no, you know, like I said, Lazard and Watkins have had years to prove themselves, never have, probably never will. Uh, Dobbs has a huge chance to become a star. And if it's not him, then maybe Rogers just likes thrown to Amari Rogers for the Rogers to Rogers connection. But yeah, I think I think that's where I stand on their on their wide receivers. Wow. Okay. What about yourself? Um I still have to stick with Lazard number one. 
I have to stick with Lazard number one because we haven't seen him in a number one role and he is the kind of ranking member. Now, I know you say Cobb has played with him. Cobb went, has not played in this particular offense as long as Lazard. Cobb has been around the world. Also, Cobb is the oldest of all of them. I will take Lazard number one. I will take Dobbs number two. And that is real close. I think Dobbs could be number one for this team. Mm-hmm. And by I year's think he'll, end, he'll be he'll end up being the number one by the end of the year. Right. If I was rolling in dice and trying to, you know, not be as safe as I am right here, I would I would take Dobbs before Lazard. Then Sammy Watkins. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I take Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Then Christian Watson. I mean, they spent a number one pick on him. I know he didn't get a lot in the preseason, so he might have a slow start. But I think that Watson could be involved in this team come midseason and even towards the end of the season if he can show out. Cobb just doesn't interest me, like at all. He doesn't. Um, And so, you know, I could see situationally him having two touchdown games, especially in prime he, time. He's like a tight end. He'd be he'd be touchdown dependent, basically. Right. It'd be those times where they're near the red zone and he just, you know, like I said, Rogers trusts him, so he just like flings him one and you have some fourth string corner covering Cobb and he's like, I can beat this guy. Yeah, you're not gonna have a lot of eighty five yard touchdowns. You're not gonna have a lot of Cobb drives where it goes Cobb, 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 where he's just roasting the corner. So I just to me, I think he's like somebody that could be left out of fantasy relevance. Um, Rodgers, Amari Rodgers, they spent a top pick on him. They don't really have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, he is like the backup slot, uh, so he would be near the bottom. But yeah, that that's where I would rank him. And I'm really high on Dobbs. I am super high on Dobbs. I think that he could have a fantastic year. And if you, you know, have drafted him anywhere and 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 are on the fence whether he's going to be a, a star wide shooter or not. I think you have confidence. Go into week one, take those risks. Those are the kind of things that make good fantasy teams. Is that no one, everybody else looking left, and and you're looking right with with Dobbs or somebody along those lines. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how the Packers look. Let's get something more relevant to you, something that might be close to your heart. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was named the starter this morning, kind of secretly, okay? They didn't really have a press conference. I know Mike Tomlin had a press conference today to discuss it, but uh, was this on purpose that he just didn't want to say anything ceremoniously or send out a message to the media saying Trubisky is the winner? Uh, Does that say something about Pickett, or or what do you think? I was watching Tomlin's... uh press conference the day before they were asking him and he was kind of saying you know it's not necessarily about what guys have done and what other guys haven't done and stuff it's kind of more over the this has just been the plan um and i and i guess you know like he could have done like more of an official press conference statement saying hey yeah like you said dude mitchell trubisky's the winner the thing is you know they don't want to start kenny pickett as the first game because uh Essentially, with that offensive line, you're you're just you're going to go out there with a plan, and you're going to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. And it's much better for Mitch Trubisky to get punched in the face than Kenny. Um, essentially, essentially, they didn't announce it as like, "Oh, Mitch is the winner," because 
he's not really the winner. He he's he's the steward. He's the placeholder until Kenny's ready or until the offensive line is ready. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to make a big announcement like that because he's like I said, he's he's just kind of there for a little bit. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of uh, 2004, Big Ben, 10th pick overall. They didn't say he was going to start the first game. Tommy Gunn, Tommy Maddox first still started. But everybody knew Tommy Maddox was not the future. Everybody knew. I mean, it was you know, a slightly different situation, but they let Tommy Maddox went out there for uh, two games or one and a half games. Ben came, and then he got hurt, and then Ben came in. I just I feel like they're going to let the natural progression happen. Like I said, the, the offensive line is still really bad. They'd rather have Metro Trubisky go out there. He's a little bit more mobile. He's obviously seen more uh, NFL defenses, has more experience. So it'd just be more beneficial for him to go out there first and then Kenny to learn from that and go from there because they're not – I mean, not, truthfully, Steelers aren't trying to go all out to win a Super Bowl this year. So there's no need to put Kenny in there and and have him possibly get David Card. That's That's the worst possible scenario. Especially with that offensive line. Right. Okay. So as a Steelers fan, if Trubisky played every game this year because he was semi-successful or he was leading the team to wins or he was an acceptable quarterback and y'all made the playoffs, is that an acceptable season for you or do you really want to see Kenny Pickett this year? Um, I mean, I do want to see Kenny Pickett, but at the same time, You've got success stories like Mahomes. You know, he didn't play his first year. And yeah. now he's the best quarterback in the league. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's Mahomes, but I'm just saying waiting. There's worse things than, than waiting and having your quarterback wait. Now, you don't want him to end up being a Jordan Love, that obviously. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there and being completely useless and just being a distraction more than anything else. Right. Um, I think eventually Mr. Trubisky will – We'll give way to Kenny Pickett this year, though. Yeah, I wouldn't put uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky in the same basket there uh, with that love comparison. But I, I get what <laughs> you're saying. Um, I, I understand that, you know, Pickett's going to come at some point. Um, it just, you know, it, as long as the Steelers are winning, you probably won't see him. Okay, Marlon Mack was released again for the second time in like two weeks. Is it? Damon Pierce time. What do you think of Damon Pierce? Where do you put him on the uh, the timeline of running backs right now? I mean, he's he's a good running back. He's obviously made uh, made the cut, you know, which is not easy to do lately. I mean, we've all considered Marlon Mack to be a pretty decent running back uh, the past couple of years, and he's been getting cut here and there. So Damon Pierce must be showing some flashes, and I think he's going to be on a better offense this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Not great. But I think it's going to be more balanced. So I think he should, he, he could definitely reach a thousand yards this year. I think, which is uh, a very doable feat for him. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off some running backs. You tell me, Damon Pierce or X running back? Okay, mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. Josh Jacobs. Damon Pierce. Cordell Patterson. Cord Pat, just for the flexibility. Um, let's go David Montgomery. Mm, that's tough. I, I, I consider them kind of on the same level there. So I do really like David Montgomery. It's, I, think, I think David Montgomery is in a more run-first offense is the biggest thing. 
I I agree as well. I think that when you put Damon Pierce above somebody like Montgomery, you are trying to get too fancy. Mm-hmm. Montgomery is somebody that's always that's ranked higher all year, and I'm all in on Damon Pierce. Like I love Damon Pierce, but again, you can't get too fancy. You can't say, you know. I'm going to take Damon Pierce over all these running backs who aren't being as flashy right now or have had starting job for years and years. Um, he's just the new flashy thing. So I agree that Damon Pierce is way better than he was when we drafted in early August. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has really skyrocketed probably more than anybody else in the NFL as far as uh, draft position, as far as value uh, in fantasy. But you have to pump the brakes here. We're still talking about the Texans. Okay. We're still talking about a young rebuilding team and a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. Uh, and, and I like his pass catching, pass catching chops, but I just, I think that uh, Burkhead will still get some work and, and you're, you're looking at a, a mid ceiling. I, I, I like David Pierce and I, I think he's improved a lot from in the last month, but we're not talking about, one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Not at this point. I I mean, Arian Foster, you may give me Arian Foster vibes, and maybe in the next two or three years we can we can be drafting him top 10. I would love that as a Texans fan. All right. So last thing here in the NFL News and Notes, James Robinson, fully healthy from his Achilles injury, which we don't really see a lot. OK, mm-hmm. you got you had acres come back from it last year, but uh, you haven't really seen like a ton of people come back from Achilles injuries, at least this fast. Is this something to worry about if you're an ETN owner? Uh, I do. It, it's a slight concern just because, uh, you know, they're both kind of first first and second down runners. You know, I don't think Robin, I don't think they're going to transition Robinson into a third down pass catcher, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's kind of the only concern. But I do feel like the, the team and the organization have been waiting for Etienne to, to kind of step it up. And I think they're still going to give him every uh, opportunity available. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried. Plus, Achilles injuries are are not something you, you just come hopping and skipping back from. Uh, I think I think it's still going to be a little bit of a of a uh, upward uh, journey for him, upward battle for him. But I think Etienne is still still upset. Yeah, no, and I think he's the better running back of the two, as far as talent's concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that there's it's very rare that you see an NFL team go to one back, especially a back mm-hmm. who is speed rather than power. James Robinson's mm-hmm. power, and they may use him for ten to fifteen snaps a week, the first three or four weeks. But I could see him getting twenty plus, ETN getting ten plus the passing down work. Um, near midseason or the end of the season, which would put a lot of value on James Robinson. I, I, I and would make ETN. Do you remember when it was Melvin Gordon Eckler? Do you remember mm-hmm. that dynamic where it was like both those guys were really good to own? A lot of people liked Eckler, um, and he literally came down, came in on passing downs. So he'd get the draw. Uh, most of his his rushing yards came from draws, and you know third and longs. And a lot of passing catches, whatever. Uh, and Melvin Gordon got the early down work. 
I think it's that sort of dynamic that's that we're working with. Um, obviously not that good. That was one of the best tandems in the league. I don't think James Robinson ETN is going to be one of the best tandems in the league, but I think that's what you're looking at as far as fantasy expectations. So. I could I agree with that, and I could see uh, Robinson getting a little more value later, especially when the Jaguars are playing from behind and they're not running the ball as much, and you know, and he's coming in to get a few more catches. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so in our main league here, the gridiron. What we're gonna do here for our next segment, we're gonna go fantasy MVPs. Now, this is fantasy MVPs for Week One. Okay, you're gonna name somebody on this team that you think is going to be the fantasy MVP for week one. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. We'll start with my team. Sex Raptor. Why don't you go ahead? You know, I was uh, kind of torn between your, your quarterbacks as far as your new week one uh, MVP. But I really? think I'm going to go with Davis Mills. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think he's going to start off a lot hard, hotter than people think. Uh, right now, Indianapolis is actually, like, one of the highest favorites to win week one, which, I mean, I think I, – I do think that Indianapolis is going to win, but I do not think it's going to be as hands down as everybody is making it right now. And I think Davis Mills is, if anything, going to have great garbage time touchdowns, but I, I think he's going to make it a very close game. I will agree with you on the part that if you are taking Indianapolis in your survivor leagues or uh, betting on the spread, pump your brakes because the Texans, these aren't your Texans from last year. They're going to be a lot better. Um, I like how Shaq Leonard is a little hobbled. Um, He just started practicing this week, didn't get any preseason work. So we're seeing a very rusty defensive captain there. Um, I'm not going to call the upset 100%, nor am I going to bet on it. But I do like what you said about Davis Mills, and I think he's the most disrespected man in the NFL as far mm-hmm. as fantasy, as far as gambling, as far as everything is concerned. Davis Mills uh, deserves to be in the top half of QBs, and he is discussed as he is bottom five right now in every circle that you come upon. Um, I'm going to disagree with you there, though. I'm going to say DJ Moore is coming out and we'll get into this later. I think DJ Moore, he's finished top 10 um, every season, no matter who his quarterback is uh, top 10 receiver. Uh, I'm sorry, top 20 receiver, but top 10 most years, except for the years where they had just terrible quarterback play like last year uh, when they had the worst quarterback play in the league. Statistically Baker's coming in hungry. We're not going to talk about Baker right now, but we will talk about DJ Moore. I think he hits DJ Moore for, a couple touchdowns against Cleveland um, who have a, an absolutely rough start to the year. So that is my MVP for my own team. Glad we got that out of the way. Let's talk about the maestro. Michael, give me the fantasy MVP you think for Michael's team. Uh, You know, Matthew Stafford Thursday opening night is I think an easy choice. I honestly think it's going to be Jamar Chase, though. Um, I think that the they're playing the Steelers, and the Steelers have done what they can to shore up their run defense. Um, but I just think that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are just have such a good connection, and they read the defenses so well together. Uh, Steelers lost 
their uh, number one corner and Joe Hayden over the off season. Um, yes, there's Minka Fitzpatrick back there, but I just, I just, I don't see a corner matching up with Jamar Chase very well right now. And I, I could see him scorching us for, you know, at least, at least two touchdowns. The, the first thing I look at when I look at Michael's team is that how did he get Jamar Chase? I mean, I realized that he traded um, up to get two quarterbacks and then, you know, take Jamar Chase, but it just looks very uneven where it's just like, wow, you have two really good quarterbacks and Jamar Chase, who I had as my number one receiver. And going into my fantasy drafts, I thought of Jamar Chase as like my number one pick, get Jamar Chase in every draft. And when I realized that he was super expensive, that everybody in the league expects this guy to be the best. Uh, that's when I knew, okay, well, I can't really go that route uh, because I'm going to get beat. And, and like I did by Michael in, in every one of these drafts, I, I think that's a good pick. Okay. I'm going to go with Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster. And here's why, because I think that the highest scoring game of the week is going to be Arizona against Kansas city in the dome there in Arizona. I think it's going to be a dog fight. I think that they're going to hit the air. Kyler Murray and uh, Mahomes are going to go through the air and score. Both have three-plus passing touchdowns. Um, as far as red zone receivers, the best on both teams is going to be uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. You got burners and and really fast guys in uh, Valdez-Scantling, uh, Sky Moore, Michael Hardman on that end. But those aren't going to be your red zone guys. The guys that are going to run the best routes, best routes is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I could see him getting a couple touchdowns. He's the guy I'm facing Michael this week. He's the guy that I'm afraid of most um, because, like I said, I think that's going to be a shootout uh, over there in Arizona. Okay, yeah. Next team, Brad. Give me Brad's MVP for Week One. Brad's MVP. He has. He actually has a pretty good team. This was a tough choice, um, just because I, I have faith in Justin Fields this year. I think he could he could go off this year at some point. Um, I don't know if it'll be consistent the whole year, and I don't think it'll be Week One versus San Francisco, but I do think at some point he's going to be good. Um, Josh Allen, another great pick, uh, but I think I'm going to go Stefan Diggs just because I think Josh Allen might have. A turnover or two uh, against the Rams. Maybe Aaron Donald uh, getting some nasty hits in there or something. Uh, but I expect Stefan Diggs to still get to still show up, get over 100 yards, and at least one touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the same thing. I'm a little reluctant to pick somebody against the Rams defense and somebody on the first night. Um, that was the only thing, and you know, you have Jalen Ramsey probably shadowing him all night. Um, Does he shadow now? Because he used to only stay to one side, like some sort of right. uh, inept tool. But uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I remember seeing that and be like, you only play left, the right side, you're free to go on the left side. It's no one throws that out. side though. He's been thrown at okay. like the least. Great, but like last time, like you just put, oh, you just move the receiver, motion him over here, and they just and that's it. And then yeah. Ramsey just watches the play. Might as well be on the bench. Like, it's right. yeah, no, I totally understand that um but uh, yeah and i think Diggs will get his no matter what i think the bills the offense will find a way to get Diggs, uh you know his receptions and if not they have so many weapons it, i think that's gonna be a great game uh you know a, a great offense versus a great defense but 
I'm going Fournette, and I shit on Fournette all during the preseason, all throughout fantasy drafts because I thought he wasn't good value. He showed up fat to to camp. Uh, he's done that in the past. He has terrible conditioning, uh, but the guy is just talented. He is very talented, um, and I think that Tampa Bay is going to gear themselves a little bit more to the ground game and to the short passing game than they have in, in the past. Uh, I don't think that Tom Brady is going to have a ton of time with these offensive line problems. And so a lot of what Fournette's attraction is, is those short passes, those short routes. He gets them on first and second down, which is not a lot of running backs in the league get that consistently. Uh, I like Fournette's score like 20 points against Dallas. Again, I think that is a a pretty good matchup. Um, Not that I hate Dallas' defense. I think they're fine. But, uh, but yeah, that's – I think – I like Leonard Fournette going into uh, Sunday night. Fournette's one of those, like, sneaky good running backs. Like, his points per game is just absurd. It is. It is. And it's something where it's like if somebody offers you him in a trade, it's like the most unattractive player. You're like, oh, I'll pass. But he's consistently good year after year after year. And I think Brad got him at a, in a pretty good round. I think the fourth round. So, um it's a it's a hot deal. Uh, let's do Clay's team. What do you think? I mean, Clay's got a pretty good team. I, I just I I got to go with the obvious choice here, just because I think this will be one of the other highest scoring games of the weekend in uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers versus Las Vegas. I just I think with all the firepower on offense on both those teams. I think Justin Herbert's going to go crazy. Um, I will definitely give a close second to George Kittle just because I think that Trey Lance's first real NFL game, he might look to his tight end a little bit more often in the red zone. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I I can get on board with that. I traded him Kittle, but okay. <laughs> I can get on I can get on board with that. Kyler Murray for me. Uh like I said, that's an easy one. It's going to be a shootout. I already said he's going to get three plus touchdowns. Uh, Casey's defense has looked non-existent in the past. It'll probably be better this year, but it's not going to be to the point where they can stop Kyler Murray, even without DeAndre Hopkins. I think that this, again, this game might be 30-something to 30-something, 40-something. Just make sure you check those uh, progress reports for Kyler Murray. Last time his report card had some bad notes on it. He wasn't studying enough. He was he was skipping, you know, mandatory uh, study uh, study sessions it just you know it wasn't it wasn't looking good as yeah. far as you know you want your like you know you, you look compared like to Kobe or something like that Kobe always like was going back to fundamentals studying tape and like he was he was a he was a student of the game and that's just one thing that like to me Kyler is like he's just like nah I got enough talent fuck it. I don't need to watch anything about this tape I'll just go out there and just, just wing it and just you know just bling it up there and like it's like dude got like a whole organization kind of depending on you maybe you could be not a piece of shit for like three seconds and put in a little bit more effort other than yes you're a very fast hamster that's great but if you're a fast hamster with effort and like brains and like you know preparation you know imagine what you could do then but instead it's like man fuck it i'll just show up and wing it good job buddy yeah well i mean i can agree with you that he doesn't have the same drive as a lot of other quarterbacks in the league but his talent does really carry him. He is a top six or seven quarterback in the league and uh, does have a really good offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs there. So, um, and technically, even though I don't agree with this, it's, it's 
uh, Clay's quarterback two. Um, if you want to count, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But I think that's the guy that scores the most points on his team. I think that's definitely his MVP. Uh, let's do, let's do Chase. How about Chase? What do you think of uh, El Presidente Camacho's team? You know, he he's got a pretty good team. I his quarterbacks could be easy choices as well. I think Joe Burrow will have a great day against Pittsburgh. I think Dak Prescott will even have a good day against Tampa Bay. Um, I just, I don't know. I got a feeling about Saquon. I think Saquon's going to come out hot. I think he's going to come back this year. It'd be really good. Yeah. Um, Tennessee is a tough matchup. I will say that because they are, they usually have a very strong front seven. Um, not Harold Landry. Well, I want to choose Saquon, but I'm probably going to go Joe. Joe, Joe Burrow's probably going to end up like three or four touchdowns. Man, are you just saying this because you don't want it to happen? Or, I mean, you know, you want that Pittsburgh win week one? I would I would love to see it. It's just watching them play last year. I've never seen the Pittsburgh defense that's that off keel. Like, every single play, they're like, uh, we think it's a run, and it was a pass. Uh, we think it's a pass, and it was a run. It was just like I've never <laughs> seen them guess wrong so many times, and it's just it was, it was it was bad to watch. It really was. Yeah. Uh, being able to win the war in the trenches and stop the run would be the first thing to do. But I just, yeah, I don't think that, the secondary isn't as good as it as it was. Fitzpatrick, they're going to move around a little more, and that's that's great. But unless Troy Polamalu goes in there and takes his jersey and starts playing for him, like, I don't think it's going to be what they want it to be. So it's, I don't, I don't see it being a great start. Okay. I mean, yeah, you've been giving offensive love to these, to these Bengals and uh, you know, I know you would never do something like that to the Browns, but uh, maybe you're being a little bit more realistic. Maybe you're being. Well, the Bengals more... proved themselves last year. The Browns, the Browns gave two hundred and thirty million dollars to a rapist. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me, butt tickler. Well, sorry, sorry. Didn't want to offend anybody here, but uh, yeah. allegedly, but yes, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Hunter Renfro. So that's another thing that I'm gonna go on this week is that the Raiders are going to have a great first Sunday against against the, uh, the the new defense of the Chargers. I really think this Raiders offense is going to give people problems this year. Um, you might not see Devontae Adams be Devontae Adams statistical-wise statistics like you did last season, as depended on as Aaron Rodgers um, you know, was on him last year. But you've got Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, You've got uh, Devontae Adams over there, a, a decent running game, and Derek Carr is nothing to shy at himself. I really think this offense uh, is is going to be dynamic and be able to attack you in a bunch of different angles. And Hunter Rimfro, to me, is the best route runner in the NFL. To me. I'm not saying he's the most talented. I'm not saying he's the fastest. I'm not saying he has best hands. He's the best route runner in the NFL. And I think he can carve up this defense for like six or seven catches and maybe a touchdown and give Chase great value for Hunter Renfro week one. I really like the Raiders and I really like Hunter Renfro week one. Good choice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next up, uh, Max's team. You can guess who I'm gonna gonna pick, but why don't you go ahead? I mean, I I, uh, I can't remember from looking at the notes, but I, we we're probably going to pick the same person. But yeah, I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I think like like I said, I think to me this is going to be one of the highest scoring games up there. 
uh, Las Vegas versus the Chargers, along with Arizona versus the Chiefs. But I think Carr, with all of his new weapons, I just think he, he's going to have a field day out there just looking at his matchups with, like you were just saying, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, and even Hunter Renfro. Uh, you know, I think that's going to be – I think they're going to have a lot of fun uh, playing out there. And Derek Carr is just going to put on that, uh, you know, uh, waterproof eyeliner so that he's just ready to go and he's going to be locked in. So I, I yeah. don't expect him to have a big day. Yeah, no, I mean, I Derek Carr's my uh, weekend millionaire quarterback. Okay, so in my in my drafting lineups, um, he's going to be the guy that's going to that I'm going to roll with. I really like him. I really like the value of him. I think he's going to have a great uh, week uh, going into into L.A. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's to me, that's an easy pick. I, I think that they're coming off a year where they're hungry and it's a win now team and, and Derek Carr's going to go out there and sling it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he gets four TDs and, and 300 something yards. So I love Derek Carr this week. Love him. All right, let's go to your team. Who do you think is going to be the MVP of your team, Scott? This is your first time good seeing question. it? Well, Get fresh eyes on you your know, team? I want everybody, I want everybody to do well because yeah. you know, it's, it's my team, you know, like I, I, I'd, I'd be confident in picking Trayvon Diggs to get a pick six, you know, and, and make it, make it, make it a week. Okay. Um, All right. Um, you know, he, he's got old man Brady back there taking time off going, you know, vacation during training camp and everything. Try it, try, try throwing one past Diggs, man. Try it. So I, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with him. He, my close second is another Cowboy, my other Cowboy, CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to have a great game versus Tampa Bay. So I think uh, Sunday night game versus Tampa Bay, Dallas is going to treat it like their Super Bowl. If we can beat Brady on Sunday night, week one, everybody's going to be talking about how good the, uh, the Cowboys are. So they're going to just try to like put on a show, I think. And I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be a, a big benefactor to that. One thing I can guarantee you is that Tom Brady is going to try to put one past Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> yeah, Trayvon Diggs might be oh, yeah. the uh, the corner from last year that was passed on the most. Yes, lots of uh, interceptions, but yes, lots of blown plays and lots of uh, yards given up. So I guarantee they do attack him. They do challenge him. And maybe that's good for being a corner. Maybe that does produce fantasy stats. But in, in real life games... Uh, Trayvon Diggs is just not a very good coverage corner at, at all. Um, if he does try to bait you for that interception, a lot of times he fails. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a good chance of that, but I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Okay. On Monday night, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of talk of who is the better receiver there in Denver with Russell Wilson coming in, because obviously when, when you, when he was in Seattle, you had a, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett dynamic, and you could kind of differentiate that DK Metcalf was the guy to own and Tyler Lockett was that mid-range guy. Coming into the season, it's Cortland Sutton is the DK and Jerry Judy is the Tyler Lockett. I think, personally, you swap them. Not physically-wise, obviously, um, but just fantasy point-wise. I think Jerry Judy is going to have a fantastic year. I mean, this is a guy that was drafted uh, in the first round a few years ago. Very highly touted. Um, just somebody who just wrecked college football with his route running and speed. I think he's super valuable and we haven't seen what Jerry Judy can actually do. Having him on Monday night as that fantasy hammer that, you know, I've always talked about the fantasy hammer, having the last guy to play. is always awesome because you're sitting there rooting for somebody. One more catch, 
one more touchdown, one more first down. Give me that. Uh, I think Jerry Judy is like an awesome guy to have on Monday night for week one, for sure. So congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about let's talk about John's team, John's exciting team. Just a background for everybody listening that doesn't know. John's team was auto drafted uh, because he didn't show up to the draft. I know a lot of leagues have that. Uh, and, and, you know, as disappointing as it might be, we hope that he can attend drafts in the future. However, he didn't this year. Scott, who's his MVP for week one? It's got to be Lamar. A healthy Lamar Jackson is a scary Lamar Jackson. Week one, you know, he, I know we talked about last episode of his running backs being a little hurt. uh, So that might put a little more pressure on him to run the ball, but it's also a contract year for him since they didn't get his contract done. So I think week one, especially against the Jets, he is going to try to probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with six touchdowns total. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's reminiscent of, when I had Lamar Jackson three years ago, he faced the Dolphins on week one. And I think he went through four through the air and two on the ground, uh, something absolutely ridiculous and just displayed, uh, you know, what I, what I, the expectations I had for him. However, I think uh, Lamar Jackson's on the downslope. I don't personally like him any week, uh, especially this first week against uh, the Jets defense, because I think the Jets defense is one thing that's going to hold them in games. Um, not saying that Flacco is going to come out and slay them. I still think, I know we'll talk about it later, survivor picks. But uh, I like Nick Bolton. I know that's crazy. I, I really like Nick Bolton coming in the season. Um, he's a rookie. Or he Last year he was a rookie linebacker, second-year linebacker. He had 100-plus tackles last year. Super impressive. Over 10 tackles for loss, which is awesome. Um, he's coming in to a game where I, I told you it's going to be a shootout. Um, there will be balls flying everywhere, and he's going to get a ton of opportunities to get tackles, to get interceptions, to get takeaways, uh, forced fumbles, et cetera. I think that uh, Nick Bolton is going to be somebody that really shows up for his team. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you get auto-drafted some, some really talented players on, on defense. So good for him. I, I do think he absolutely gets smothered by you, uh, but – but uh, yeah, one can um, only hope. One can only hope. How about Neil's team? Give me Neil's MVP. I think I'm gonna go with Christian McCaffrey. I think I think kind of uh, like I was just saying with Lamar that when this guy is healthy, he's real. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Now, I don't necessarily expect that to be the case all year long, staying healthy. But right now, week one. Especially, you know, I'm sure his some, you know, teammates want to win one for Baker against Cleveland. I, I could see Christian McCaffrey coming out and having a heck of a weekend, especially uh, especially since the Carolina literally just said that they don't want Baker to be Superman. They just want him to basically manage the game. So you know, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is going to get every touch. So okay, uh, which is good, like realistic expectations for them. Good like, for We just yeah, yeah. We don't need you to be Batman. Just be Robin. Be Batgirl. Be, you know. Batgirl? Batgirl? It's all, it's just, you know, just setting expectations. Yeah, be, she- don't be the Hulk. Be She-Hulk. Be She-Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a little surprise here. Chris Olave, who's not starting. 
Okay, I really think he should get make room for him. He can't really make room for him. Uh, Gabriel Davis, Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel. You can't bench those guys. But Chris Olave would be a fine receiver starting on anybody else's team. And I think that he is going to show out against Atlanta week one. Couple touchdowns, uh, you know, maybe five or six catches. Uh, he, he's got that speed to get that deep ball. I really like Chris Olave for week one. I think he's going to be absolutely insane. Um, yeah, it's a tough situation. If he, Chris Olave could play tight end instead of Friar Moose, that would be a, a good decision for him. But yeah, I, I don't think hey, Friar Moose is a hell of a tight end. I'd, yeah, I'd okay. easy on that. That guy's got some hands. I know. I'm not saying he's bad, just like I didn't never said Heath Miller was bad. Um, I think Friar Moose and Heath Miller are are, are kind of sounds hand-to-hand. like you're thinking it. Sounds like you're thinking it. Yeah, Friar <laughs> Heath Miller was forever the 14th best tight end. Like, oh man, I didn't select a tight end in the draft, so I'm just gonna take Heath Miller and I'll be safe with it. I'm okay with it. Like, you know, whatever. There's not a lot of people on the free agent wire who are better than free Heath Miller, so I'll just stick with him. Um, he's gonna give me a touchdown every three weeks and maybe five catches a week. That okay. is Friar Moose in a nutshell. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean, Chris Olave going to be insane. It's a good, it's a good problem for Neil to have. Trust me. It's a good problem. Uh, let's do Cameron Cameron's team. Who do you think is going to show out week one? Uh, you know, I, I had a, I was debating between, uh, Devonte Adams, uh, and Russell Wilson, but I just think, I think Devonte might not necessarily have the biggest game week one, um, but I think Russell will. I think I think Russell's gonna just just go nuts against his old uh, his old team at Seattle on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Russell Wilson Monday night for sure. But I think Devonte Adams does get a few touchdowns. I think, that, like I said, the Raiders over the the um, Chargers. I would pick the Raiders to win that game. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. it's two and a half point spread right now, which people are gonna just thirst on the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Uh, because people love that guy. I can't I I mean I get the statistics and the shiny new thing, but I'm just not I, I think Devontae Adams comes out and uh shows the Devontae Adams of old and and catches a few balls. He's not gonna catch three touchdowns, but I think he does well enough uh to be Cameron's MVP this week for sure. Okay. How about Hedeman? Scott Hedeman's team, what do you think's MVP? You know, I really wanted to pick Tua uh, just because I think he's going to do really well this year. Um, no, I'm kidding. I, I, never <laughs> Tua I was like, oh, is he really uh, going to go with this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think uh, I think Bill will be smart enough to realize that Tua's uh, range of throw is probably about six yards. Um, and they'll destroy him after that. Uh, no, I was debating between Mahomes and Kelsey. You know, I, I just I think Mahomes, like you said, that against Arizona is going to be one of those crazy high scoring games. And I think that since he's he lost his best weapon last year in Tyreek, I think Kelsey is just even that much more uh, valuable in the red zone. So uh, between those two, I, I could uh, I think it's coin flip really. Yeah. Just a matter of if Mahomes, you know, has a turnover or two, and, and Kelsey probably wouldn't. I think I think it's Kelsey. I, Kelsey is the de facto number one receiver now, uh, and Arizona knows it, and they're not going to be able to stop it. And I, I think that uh, as we see Travis Kelsey decline over these years, it's not going to be as fast as people think. It's not going to be off a cliff. 
Uh, Kelsey had 1,125 yards and nine touchdowns last year. Um, I still think he's around that 90 catch mark, uh, maybe a few less touchdowns and maybe just a thousand yards. That's an excellent, excellent, excellent tight end. That would be an excellent, excellent, excellent receiver. Uh, I like Travis Kelsey week one. And in turn, I like Patrick Mahomes as well. I just wanted to stay off the obvious pick. You know what I mean? So I hear you. Yeah. Going with Kelsey. How about Danny's team? Anybody stick out for Danny's team? Um. You know, I I think the obvious choice is Cooper Cup Thursday yeah. night. You know, uh, offensive uh, MVP last year. Uh, I think he will have a great game just because he's another one of those guys that, like, when when you're on the same page with your quarterback, you can't play good enough defense. Yep. Like, it, you just you just you're you're not. And honestly, like, if it was that case, I would I I would probably tell my corners rough them up, uh, you know, just, and, and do everything you can until you get a flag called on you. I'd rather have a flag called on you than Cooper cup run by you and zigzag you for a touchdown every third play. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think that the best player for him this weekend is going to be miles Garrett. I think miles Garrett against, uh, a rookie offensive tackle in Carolina trying to chomp up, uh, Baker. I think miles Garrett might have a big weekend. See, we both have our themes, okay, that we, we kind of play off of. <laughs> Your theme is that uh, everything bad in the world has to happen to Baker Mayfield. My theme, I mean, that's week to week. My theme is I love my guys. I love Dobbs. I love Davis Mills. I, love I just these. think he is ta- he's, he's eating someone else's lunch when he doesn't deserve it. Ah. There's someone else that should be playing, that should be in that spot that – can throw a football further than five yards. So you take that, Jimmy like, G over him. Can play off. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Jimmy G in a heartbeat over Baker. Yeah. Uh, he had badly timed surgery like we spoke about last time. I think that was the biggest thing that I heard of. And wow. Carolina just like, oh, fuck it. Let's go out, this, go out there with this guy that's definitely not Superman, like they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, he's got no backups now. I mean, Sam Darnold's out for the first six weeks. And, uh, you know, the, the rookie they took is out for the season. So... It is Baker's show right now, whether you like it or not. Uh, so, I mean, we'll we'll see how he does. And, you know, I, I will say that every time Baker does anything, whether it be good or bad, you will be on my mind. So so you've, you've uh, at I'm least got that. I'm against him. I just don't think he deserves to be in, in the league as anything more than a backup. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to go for Danny T. I'm going to go James Winston. Uh, I went Chris Olave. I'm going James Winston. Mm-hmm. I think James Winston, it's, if, if I'm not talking about – Okay, Davis Mills or Derek Goff. Then I'm talking about James Winston being the most disrespected man in fantasy sports. I love James Winston. I think that James Winston, even that year he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, he was fifth in points, fifth in points because he throws for so many yards. Last year, his efficiency numbers went through the roof. James Winston was amazing. Um, And he's coming off an energy injury. I get it, but I think this is the best supporting cast he's had since he was in Tampa, since he threw those 30 picks. I, I love Jameis. I love James week one. This was the second worst defense against the pass last year. Atlanta's defensive backs are just terrible. Uh, so 
I like Jameis to come out and score a bunch of points week one and 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 really do well for Danny's team. I like Jameis throughout the year. I mean, we're talking about before he got injured last year, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, and then one on the ground. I mean, the guy played really, really well. So I really love Being James. able to see things clearly made a huge difference for yeah. him. That laser eye surgery, clutch. Yes, absolutely amazing. Okay, let's go with Trevor's team. Who do you think who do you think is going to be MVP for Trevor's team? I'm going to go with the obvious choice. I just I think Trey Lance is going to come out and just show everybody why the 49ers uh traded up to get him. Yeah. I think he'll, he he's going to want to Kind of, you know, as much as San Francisco has a system, you know, and everything they do, I think he's going to take every chance he get get to bomb it, run it himself, or just just hit those hit those scores. So I think he's going to want to have a big day, show everybody, you know, just forget about, you know, Jimmy who. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Kyle Pitts. Uh, I love Kyle Pitts on the air, and this number one. I mean, Mariota is a tight end thrower. I mean, he looks for those mm-hmm. mid-range guys. I like Drake London in the year, um, but I just it, it might take a while for him to, uh, you know, get used to NFL speeds and 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 you know, get ingrained in this offense. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be ready to go out uh, out the door week one. I think Atlanta is not a very good team, and I think they're going to really depend on this guy to move the ball down the field. Uh, uh, so yeah, no, I I love. Uh, pits for week one and beyond but uh but yeah we're just for week one definitely Kyle Pitts how about Cause's team go ahead and uh, and pick somebody for Cause's team don't don't look at my I, I just saw, I was just looking at it and he's starting Baker and honestly I would start Mitch Trubisky or Gino over Baker just I think like I said his his left tackle is uh a rookie he's gonna be going up against Miles Garrett that's not good um, I think that Carolina, like they literally just stated saying they're not going to make him do much, meaning he's going to be handing the ball off more than anything, which is all he does well. So that makes sense. And he's, but he's also playing against Cleveland and it's going to be raining. So his little hands going to have trouble grabbing the ball. Like it's, it's going to, I don't think it's going to be pretty for Baker. I don't think you should start him. Um, I think his week one uh, MVP though, uh, Baker thoughts aside, or it would be Mandrews, Mark Andrews for sure. Um, I think that he's going to be a big recipient of uh, Lamar Jackson just killing the Jets that first week to, uh, for his own contract talks. And with basically, you know, he's got a few new receivers there, but nobody worth mentioning. I think uh, Mandrews is going to have a big day versus the Jets. Yeah. I I don't 100% disagree with that. I I didn't really like Mark Andrews. I didn't like any Ravens going into the draft. Um, but I'm going to go with Baker. I, I I think Baker, he does have that dog in him, and he is going against his old team week one. I know NFL uh, schedule makers wrote this up with the anticipation, like it's some kind of drama that they're writing. I think he's going to come out there. He's going to play well, uh, throw some touchdowns, prove that he need, that he deserves to be a starting quarterback and prove that he is a borderline quarterback one going into week two. I really like him playing at home in front of the Carolina fans, putting on a show. He's got a much, much better team, much, much better offensive cast. I like Carolina's chances to win that game as well. 
I know we disagree there. We'll have to see. Neither of us have, have Baker Mayfield. I'll, I'll have one eye on Baker the whole time on Sunday. But don't worry. Yes, yes. We will be watching him from across the bar, keeping him in the corner of our eye. Uh, let's get into the gambling corner. I want to start doing this gambling corner every week just to kind of uh, get some of our predictions out on paper. We can keep keep some scores uh, going and, and just kind of keep track and see who does better throughout the season. Um, are you up to date on spreads this upcoming week? At all, I am now. Yes, you are now. Okay, all right. So, just wanted to make sure before we before we jump into this. So, there's four. So, we're gonna pick four. Okay, these are the ones that I like the most. The Bills minus two and a half on opening night. I'm just all in on the Bills. I think the Bills are one of the best teams, if not the best team, uh, in the AFC. Uh, they're coming in red hot. I think that they've multiplied their weapons from last year, adding James Cook, uh, really developing Gabriel Davis into a wide receiver two and Isaiah McKenzie, giving him a full-time role as that wide receiver three. Uh, bolstered that O-line. Uh, they just, everybody's healthy. Josh Allen has more, more uh, another year under his belt. Um, I love them going into... Uh, LA and beating the Super Bowl champion Rams. I think that uh, we've had news that Stafford is hurt. I'm buying into that, that his elbow is not 100%. I'm buying in that Cam Akers is not 100%, that he might be splitting duties with Daryl Henderson. I'm buying in that, uh, that the Rams defense might not be as good as it was last year. So uh, I'm going Bills minus two and a half on opening night. I think that they'll need that two and a half for sure, and uh, that they'll they'll win by you know three, maybe four points. So like the Bills, Panthers over the Browns. I think the Browns are the worst team in the NFL. How about that right now? You like that? I think with uh, the quarterback situation that they have, uh, Sean Watson being out that many games, I think the Panthers minus two and a half are an absolute fabulous pick. I don't know who would pick the Browns plus two and a half. If somehow the Browns pull this out, it is due to Vegas being in on the, on the match and it is thrown by the Panthers because the Panthers are going to win this game. A hundred percent. Chiefs Cardinals. If talk they about hand this. the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, nine out of 10 plays. Yes. Okay. All right. I agree. Well, well, hopefully they do that so I can win my bet. Uh, Chiefs Cardinals over 53 and a half. Easy money. Okay. I think that if that would be what, 27 points uh, a, a team? I think they both clear 30. Yeah. I like Chiefs Cardinals. Raiders team total over 23 and a half. I like I like that. I don't think the Chargers the Chargers have added some some defensive pieces and they do have a decent defense. I just think the Raiders' offense are going to be on a different level this year. I think they come out week one and shove it in the Chargers' face. Raiders over twenty three and a half. Tell me, Scott, what do you like this week? I, I like that. That's I mean I, I agree. That's that should be easy money right there. I think the Raiders have too many good weapons. Too many good. Uh, too many good weapons that will create excellent matchups all over the field that yes, while the chargers it did improve their defense a little bit, it won't be enough to shut out the Raiders by any means. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see the over on that game as well. Cause that's, that's going to be another one with just lots of offensive fireworks. 
Yep. All right. Okay. So this year, as well as my fantasy teams, what I want to talk about is DraftKings. You ever played Daily Fantasy? I haven't in some time, but I yep. am familiar with it. Okay. So, yeah. In addition, I know there's just a million different directions you can use. You're, you can look on, on Sundays, whether you're gambling, whether it's your fantasy team, whether it's the team you love, the Steelers, for me, it's the Texans. There's so many different directions you can you can, uh, you can can look at to say you know what you're invested in. But there's never too many directions that you can look at. There's never too many things you can gamble on, too many things you can bet on. Uh, I'm going to give you a Thursday showdown lineup okay so let me just teach you here so that you get a captain they get 1.5 times the amount of points than the rest of the league they also cost 1.5 times more than the rest of the league so my captain who i think is going to do the best at value is going to be stefan diggs you know i think that like you said it it is a little bit worrisome that uh that he might be covered by Jalen Ramsey. However, Cooper Cup at that captain spot is extremely, extremely expensive. Diggs, mm-hmm. Allen Robinson the second, Cooper Cup, Josh Allen, James Cook, and Zach Moss. I think that they do utilize the ground game a little bit, and hopefully, hopefully, they utilize that ground game in the red zone. I think Zach Moss is going to be very, very low owned when you were talking about a Singletary Cook Moss triplet. Moss will be the least likely to get you points, but the most likely, in my mind, to get goal line carries. So I like Zach Moss. Cook, I think, is the most explosive out of all the running backs and a good uh, bet to have the passing down work. Uh, again, I love the the Bills in this game, so I'm taking four offensive Bills versus two Rams. That's my DraftKings thir- Thursday night lineup. Um, I'm not going to hold you to having a lineup this week. But next week, I'm going to hold you to it, okay? I'm going to give you one week to try to get up to date on DraftKings and then uh, and then hold you to it. My DraftKings millionaire lineup, quarterback, Derek Carr, like we've talked about. I think he's just going to just blow it up. You'll be surprised yeah. by this. Because he's so cheap, because he's so cheap and everybody is shitting on him, Antonio Gibson. Is going to have a pretty good week one, I think, at value against that Jacksonville okay. defense. I think that he comes out, and I mean, we're talking about a split between him and JD McKissick. Um, mm-hmm. As much as he had a terrible preseason, Antonio Gibson is still a guy that has been successful in the past and uh, is going to run against a below average defense. I like Antonio Gibson. Dalvin Cook uh, against Green Bay at home, he always crushed Green Bay. Hunter Renfro, we've talked about that. Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, man. He's going to come out and surprise some people. Swear. Uh, Kadarius Tony was somebody that I really liked uh, going into week one uh, with with uh, Daniel Jones thrown to him. Travis Kelsey is going to tear apart that, that Arizona mm-hmm. defense. James Conner on the other side is probably going to get that groundwork against uh, the Chiefs. Swiss cheese defense and Carolina against the lowly Browns is going to be my defense for the week. That's my perfect DraftKings lineup. Hopefully, you know, I can, I can win some, some quick cash there. Now, Scott, we're going to do our own thing here 
Okay, this is gonna be our last segment of the day. So thank you everybody for sticking with us uh, through through this episode. Survivor. So you're in this Survivor League with like thousands of different people, correct? Um, yeah, it's something. There's there's a few hundred people. A lot of people buy have a lot of buy-ins, is what it is. But yeah, okay. it's uh, there are a lot of people. I got invited in with some of my friends, and the uh, the the pool is up to oh, I think it's up to, uh, almost up to two hundred k right now. Wow, that's amazing. And you say that you have to travel to California to pick up that cash if you want. This is correct. It would be a <laughs> bit of a uh, fear and loathing in L.A. scenario as uh, me and my partner in crime would have to travel to L.A. to pick up this briefcase full of cash. Oh, okay. Um, because it is all in cash. Okay, so we will call this the uh, the uh, journey for the briefcase, okay? The journey for the briefcase, uh, the crusade for the briefcase, you know, whatever you want to call it. But... We will both give our survivor picks for week one. Who is your survivor pick? Can't lose, won't lose, better not lose. What do you got? So the other, other aspect of this is when you pick, pick a team, you can never pick them again. Right. So you also have to kind of look at their strength of schedule and how you think they're going to progress. Mm-hmm. So okay. my week one uh, survivor pick is the Ravens because okay. I think – Playing against the Jets with uh, not at full strength with uh, Joe Flacco, who's just really old and, you know, playing uh, really not good, not very good football right now. The Ravens are healthy. Lamar Jackson is healthy more, more specifically. He'll be able to come out and do really well. I don't expect Lamar Jackson's health to stay like that all year long because the more he runs the, and the more uh, peril he puts his body in. So I think picking them early on so you don't have to worry about them later is a great way to go, especially with Jets, you know, starting Flacco. So that, yep. that's my my go-to uh, first pick okay. for the Survivor. Um, we, we do have two teams, so I would love to hear what your pick is. So I'm going to go with Broncos. Um, I think that Russell Wilson going in Seattle, again, I feel like the schedule makers knew something was going to happen because we got so many week one matchups against people's old teams. Um, but I think that the Broncos are just immensely more talented than the than the Seattle team. I think Seattle's defense got worse. I think Seattle's offense got worse. I think the Broncos' offense got better, and I think the Bron- Broncos' defense got better. Um, I really believe that one of the teams to beat in the AFC is going to be the Broncos, and one of the worst teams in football is Seattle. It would blow my mind if Russell Wilson went in and lost Geno Smith in his old home of Seattle. He knows how to play there. Uh, he knows how to candle the the crowd. Uh, I got them by a million points. So yeah, I'm gonna take the Broncos. I like that pick. I, yeah. I agree. I think I think there's there's no way he's gonna let that one go out. And I could, you know, I'd almost put money on Seattle uh, drafting a quarterback and top five picks next year. Absolutely, absolutely. I have no doubt, no doubt that that happens. All right, Scott. Next time I talk to you, real football has been played. Okay. We are going to have fantasy points. Actually, the next time I talk to you, we will have either won or lost. Yes. I'll actually talk to you between then. Don't tell anybody. But (laughs) next time I talk to you on here, where everybody else can watch, 
um, we will have either won or lost. And we'll have a lot to talk about. We will have a lot to talk about and a lot to react to next time we talk. So thank you guys for watching. Thanks for listening. Scott, anything else to say? I apologize for my lack of a background right now. I am working <laughs> on that. Things are coming. Trust me, I judge people's backgrounds on yes. when they're like on ESPN or something. So like, yeah, we're working on it. Trust me, we know. Me too. Me too, man. I, we're, I'm really sorry. You know, we're still warming up to this whole being on video thing. Uh, but but we're going to have some, you know, good stuffed animals and, uh, you know, party favors. So, all right, guys. Thanks a lot. And we will see you guys same time next week.